Hello. Hello. Hello and welcome back to Industry Tactics. I'm your host, Friendly Rich, and this is episode 75, a discussion I had with the experimental composer and musician, Alison Cameron. What a chat. I had no idea um, of her kind of coming up in Holland and New York and having several interactions with John Cage. We talk about all of it. Mushrooms galore. She talks about her bands, the Allison Cameron Band and also Curl and, and much more. So sit back and prepare to be dazzled. This is it. Episode number 75 with the wonderful Allison Cameron. So you're known to be a mumbler to some, is that right? That's right, yeah. We're here with the mumbler herself. This is Allison Thatchuk. Did I get it right? Oh, you did. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for yeah. being on the podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Episode 75. We're rocking it out. 75. 75. Wow. I feel like that's some kind of a, that's like three quarters of a century. That That's where we're at with Allison Cameron. Awesome. You know what? No bullshit. Right out the gate, let's play a let's play some music. Sure. Instead of talking about what you do, yeah, I just want to hit our gentle listeners with some of your sonic maneuvers. That's a great idea. What, what do you want to cue up? I'm leaving it to you and your creativity. Well, why don't we um, why don't we start with a short piece called guitars? And this is a piece that. Gives you a taste of Allison's work. Here it comes now. Guitars. Yeah. Thank you. 
And here, that was guitars. So that was your band. Go ahead. Please. Yeah, Eric Cheneau and Stephen Parkinson. They're uh-huh. both guitar players. You, might, you probably know Eric. Sure. And um, I play banjo, and uh, that was like a really short little little ditty that we did for our album. It's it's our only album that we right did on. with that trio. But right on, uh, right on. But and we'll who's the other? The you, Eric, and Stephen Parkinson. Um, he's a electronic, well. electroacoustic composer. Okay, okay. Also writes chamber music. Very, very amazing composer. Wow. And he improvises on guitar. He's he's been a guitarist. Uh, played rock band in the seventies in England with a band called Amsterdam Lil. They turned around Europe, turned around Europe, and uh, Amsterdam Lil, L I L Lil. Lil. Okay. Yeah, crazy. That doesn't work with. Uh, you said that you're a bit of a mumbler. Yeah. That name, that band name, doesn't treat your mumbles well. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go real slow. Amsterdam lol. Amsterdam lol. It's never going to work, right? No. Yeah. Hey, welcome to the podcast, and thank you. That was a nice blast to hear that. Um, can you? F- you're you're a wonderfully diverse artist. You come from where do you come from? Uh, what makes you musically or personally? The whole thing. The whole I want to. I want to. I want to kind of get it crack into that because I don't know enough about you and and how you kind of became you. Uh, well, um, how many yards have you been at this with the music game, Allison Cameron? A, a while. Uh, yeah. 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 Like uh, I've been a professional composer for since 1980. Well, I had my first professional performance in 1986, so that was like the last century. Wow. <laughs> I like saying that because you know That's it sounds beautiful. a long time ago. Right? Yeah, it, it is. It is. Right. But I was really and young. I was like 20 something, and then kay. I I had kay. a lot of. Uh, Early success, what do you want to call it that? Go ahead. Big success in New York City. Yep. Um, but then I What was that like? like that was awesome. It was amazing. Um, it was weird because uh, there was a big um, interest in my work that I did as a, as a composer when I was an undergrad student. And where did you do your undergrad? Um, University of Victoria. Okay, okay. And you, you come yeah. from BC then, is that yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, I grew up in North Vancouver. Okay. okay. Um, did my degree on the island, so I spent about six years there just working and studying. Yeah. And then I got a big, fat Canada Council grant to go to Europe for two years. So I lived there for a couple of years in Amsterdam. Wow. And then uh, studied with the big wigs, Louis Andreessen and... Uh, whoa, whoa. Some really great electro, electronic composers, um, Dick Rymackers and Helis von Berhaik. Okay. Uh, Dick Rymackers crazy guy yeah yeah let's talk about him well he um he did like way ahead of his time right he did this he had this alter ego called kid bolton where he did really goofy kind of poppy electronic mm. music mm. something that you might have heard like i don't know 20 years 30 years later with the new wave in the 80s yeah. or whatever yeah and this is when this is in like the 50s 60s okay yeah he so worked he was doing that in the 50s 60s well, yeah. that's awesome yeah also yeah. really great creative um guy but kind of yeah. nutty he um <laughs> he was asked he was actually asked by um uh i don't know i don't know if it was stanley kubrick directly but he uh-huh. was asked somebody knocked on his door and asked him if he wanted to do the soundtrack to 2001 a space odyssey because oh, wow. he was known as electronic composer wow, wow, wow. and he just said nope and closed the door <laughs> Isn't that, that a beautiful it? story? I love these Crazy. little. What great! Yeah. That's a nice little pocket size. Here's a little crumb to 
Yeah. It's a non, and that's admirable, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean me in many ways, right? Yeah. In, in a lot of ways, you're like, what? Really? Who says no to that? But in a lot of ways, you're like, yeah, that's cool. That's, that's it's neat. Totally it's equally nuts. neat as yeah. it is. Yeah. Bizarre, and 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 you, you question it too, right? But I mean, you would have awesome. thought it would have been yeah. a great thing for him to do, but he just wasn't interested. And in, so, um, did he get into that kind of stuff when you were studying with him, or like, would he? Well, he was a very radical political guy. Yeah. Um, he was one of the guys that used to be part of um, a group in Holland, like a political group called mm -hmm. the Provost, I think they were called. Okay, okay, cool. And they used to do things like take um, nutcrackers to uh, Concertable concerts and just I'm in. making all these sounds. During concerts. Yeah. And they're called what? They're, they're, ca they're called the Provost? The Provost, yeah. I'm, um, I'm all over this. What yeah. does that mean, the Provost? Do we know? <sighs> I don't exactly know how it translates because it's it's not just like a maybe I'll, I'll look it up okay. because uh, it was okay. a huge movement in in Holland in the 60s and 70s. Wow, I got to dig into this. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool. I uh, can get behind that. For me that's my that's my brand of like uh, su subversive uh, <laughs> really kind crazy. of rebellion yeah. in the concert hall. So they yeah. they would take nutcrackers and just crack oh, yeah. And it's super disruptive um, during Concertgebou shows. Oh man! Uh, which was like you know the one of the best European orchestras and at the time and well, it probably still is I guess. But that's that's really you know, admirable. Pretty funny, yeah. And um, did you rub that rubbed off on you? Well, that's I, inspiring stuff, right? Like I'm hearing that now, going yeah, yeah. More I mean, of I, that, more of that. I knew about it, and that's what attracted me to the whole like uh, the Hague School, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. And that kind of like anti-establishment thing, but you know, of course, when I got there, it was wasn't like that at all. Dick was really the only leftover. Uh, he was fairly getting on a bit, and mm -hmm. he was the only guy who really would. Uh, and Helios, the the two electronic guys, would okay. really kind of still stir it up a bit. But you know, Louis Andreessen was part of that, yeah. and um, yeah. you know, he started that New Music Street Band, which I think is. Still a great idea. I'd love to have that new music street band, you know, just yeah. people out on the street playing yeah. contemporary music, which makes no sense to them. Yeah, neat. Um, neat. But, yeah, uh, but by that time, Louis was like a full-fledged professor at the okay. conservatory. Okay. And, and so you got a Canada Council grant to go down there, for t to go out there for two years. Yeah. With one main composer, like w with one yeah, main kind of... Yeah, mostly Louis Andreessen. Was it Louis? Okay. But... Um, but I did reach out to other That's people. So cool. wow. I studied with Per Norgard a bit on the side, mm. uh, Danish composer who is wonderful. Wow. wow. Um, I also got to meet a lot of people. And Danish avant-garde, he just introduced me to people, which was really sweet. Wow. Um, and when would this be, like 80s? Yeah, well, 80, uh, 8 to 80, 88 and 89. So. This is between, like, undergrad and... Did you do a master's as well? I, s I tried. I just couldn't get into it after mm, after i got fun. back from europe i mm -hmm. was like commissioned right away so i was really busy with music and then for um, i don't know maybe four or five years yeah you know how it is right it's really up and down okay so i had my like really good swinging thing that's when i went to new york and everything mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. started happening there and um what's some of your early work that we can play do you have some recordings that you can share with me to, that i can uh, plug in here like an, some an, er, an early work that that was a a good success for you yeah it's probably uh it's a little piece uh it's called raw sangudo uh sangudo's a town northeast of edmonton yeah and i just 
put raw in front of it and thinking that nobody would really get it. But And it's true, nobody got it. <laughs> Everyone thought it was some kind of fish or sushi Sounds or great. indigenous yeah. thing. It, but yeah. what's great about the name Sangudo is it actually was made up by the townspeople of Sangudo. Um, they took all the letters of their first, the first letters of their last names to make, create that that name is that real? crazy yeah that's for beautiful real. yeah my wife and i've been toying with this idea that like you see street names especially in the greater toronto area man mm-hmm. it's like you know piccadilly lane it's like uh as part of our um civic duty i think when we vote yeah we should also each be able to put in a suggested street name because piccadilly lane is really uncreative i think that'd be an awesome idea i mean you i get go some by straight, what is it sangudo Sangudo. sangudo, sangudo. that's yeah. really cool yeah. like what a creative you could do things like this and you now you're proving it <laughs> yeah well it was just kind of fun you know i mean uh i was i was kind of i had a really <laughs> fortunate undergraduate i had uh teachers who were really great they yeah. they didn't tell me what to do they didn't tell me to write in their style or anything like that okay so what's this piece like raw sangudis <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy uh yeah. raw sangudo it's a it's a trio for trumpet sax and tuba and it's really high trumpet and really high sax and really low tuba beautiful here comes now the raw sangudo Thank you. 
Mm-hmm. 
So that was Ross Sangudo. Wow, thanks, Allison. So that was early success for you, and it yeah. sent you to New York. So, so what, you go to New York? Well, they wanted to play another piece of mine that was really heavily influenced by Dutch music, which was, I guess, kind of like the guys in New York at the time, Bang on a Can. Were, yeah, were sure. Really like, you know, they're really into the kind of incorporating rock music uh -huh, into their uh -huh. work. I never really thought of it that way, but I guess they caught on to my stuff and again it was all like early early stuff i was in my third year university i wrote this piece called two bits mm -hmm. and it was like a lot of crashy bangy percussion and um glissandy strings mm -hmm. and you know <clears throat> again kind of a fun funky piece and they uh performed that in 1980 when did they perform it 1991 actually and then they put it on one of their uh recordings Right on. Which was really awesome. Right on. Um, and then the next year, they did another piece of mine. It was my grad piece as an undergraduate. It's mm -hmm. kind of hard to believe that those pieces were played. You know, you think of your your, your undergrad work as stuff that's, like, really... Like, 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 uh, just... Stuff you'd throw out or something. Right, you know? right, 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 right. You're figuring your voices yeah. out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but this was a cool, that's cool. Uh, undergrad piece I did. It was, for, like, for... Three electric guitars, two bass guitars, wow. uh, two a uh, bunch of percussion, two Sick. organs, all kinds of crazy stuff, wow. steel drums. Wow! 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 So it was uh, it was fun. He used to do, and they they really wanted to do it down. Did there, they so. get you? Look, w was that part of what like the bang on the can thing was? What part of brought you to New York? Part yeah. of what brought you to New York? Great, great. Basically, they just heard great. a tape of uh, of that piece, two bits, and great. said, "Yeah, great. we got to bring it down." So that was great for me like for the, the, the early 90s i was really having a good time in how are you self how are you promoting your work at, at that time like I, I wasn't it was just people listening to stuff basically like uh one person going wow this is really cool this person wants to hear it and i i've never really promoted myself which is something i'm thinking more about now actually but because i'm yeah. old i guess <laughs> uh, older um but yeah, it's it's kind of I I. That's I've, fascinating, though. Eh? Like, I mean, I've like, never really tried promoting stuff, so I, I think that's like I've, other than making a lot of CDs, I've mm -hmm. always made sure mm -hmm. to make CDs of my work. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a way of self promotion, right? Yeah, right, right, right. When you start really looking at it, you're like, no, actually, I do it every day. I just don't. Yeah. You don't call it that, maybe, but yeah. But so exactly. Yeah. So people just are have always been kind of musicians out there have just been hungry and they find you. Yeah. And then and then that yeah. sort of ground swells, and then you know. You built from that, I guess. I've been really lucky that way. Oh, that's say. neat. That's like, really neat. Total horseshoes, like really, and uh, every every little while, it just something different happens. So people are always asking me. I think I maybe have one or two pieces that have never been performed. Wow, I've what a what a thing to say. I know it's it's like. Uh, that, but that's how it should be, right? Like you make music for real life. Yeah. But again, but I some feel things, really yeah, that, that is, that is, yeah, yeah. You, sh you should. That's really beautiful. Who was inspiring you at the, in those early years? Like, who were some of the people that you listened to and just moved and changed your life? Well, definitely uh, the Dutch scene. Uh, like, it was actually the Dutch scene from the 60s and 70s. So it was like about 
10, 15, 20 years earlier. Yeah. Um, but okay. that scene was really influential for me. And then hmm. um, there was a piece John Cage put out that was hugely influential, or it was rediscovered, I guess it wasn't. It was okay. A, it's a piece from the 50s called String Quartet in Four Parts. Do you know that? No, I don't know. Um, but it, suddenly everyone had kind of, in the 80s, was going nuts about that piece. It was written in 52, I think. Okay. And um, What was the crux of it? Well, it just the way that it used kind of rhythm and space and time. And when I thought about it afterwards, I thought, this is the piece that inspired every single thing that Morton Feldman ever did, mm. you know, basically. Mm. Um, mm. So I, I feel like wow, it was up. it was like his, his like, aha moment. When, but it was, it was like that for a lot of people. Um, mm. I actually, I followed up on an analysis of it. I made this crazy arrangement of it yeah. for organ, banjo, trumpet, recorder, and guitar. You did? Yeah, really wow. nutty. I'd love to get that played again. Wow, wow, um, awesome. It was pretty awesome. nutty. Awesome. I actually phoned Cage and asked him if I could do that. So and? He, oh, yeah, he said, yeah, go for it, you know. Oh, that's amazing. I know. It was. I met him in New York uh, yeah. when I had my first piece played there in 1991. And, Holy cow. And wow. then a year later, I went and actually hung out with him at his apartment. So that was really special. In New York? Yeah. yeah we we got to unpack that. Yeah. I mean, he was just such a cool guy. You know, like um, he... Um, mushrooms? Lots of mushrooms? <laughs> actually, he was cooking beans at the time. Yeah? Yeah. Cooking beans with some... Um, He's putting mushrooms in those, though, right? Like he, was know, he not an like, avid fungi? Yeah, totally. Like he knew all his mushrooms, yeah. Eh? He was an expert. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Me, right? You, know, you got to be. Well, I, I feel just really fortunate, you know, like he gave me a book when I was there. And, mm -hmm. You know, I basically followed him around while he How watered beautiful. his plants because he had like this super schedule for watering his plants. Like literally time and everything, this little yeah. bling would go off and go, okay, I have to really? water this one. Really? This one. Yeah. It was totally nutso. And then we talked about all the people we had in common, like people that we knew, and yeah. it was just really fun. <coughs> um, That's charming. Yeah. 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 And what, you just cold called them while you were there, like the first time, or you connected with them through... Yeah, it was It was actually through... Those circles? Well, I met him in 91, like we mm -hmm. sat together mm -hmm. uh, at our concerts, because mm -hmm. they, they do the marathon in alphabetical order, so oh. it was Cage Cameron, and, and so we got to like hear each other's pieces. And you got to love that. It was really fun. Right. Um, and then I, I had can, actually met Can you him. talk about the marathon a little bit for our listeners who don't know what it is? Oh, yeah. So the Bang on a Can, uh, well, back in the old days, they, mm -hmm. would, they would rent a big space and have this thing called a marathon, and they would play every kind of new music, you know, from, I don't know, Elliot Carter up to, you know, Steve Reich, and, yeah. you know, just like nothing really particular to a style, but mm -hmm. um, they would have young and old composers, uh, a great mix of music, um, mm -hmm. just to kind of lay it all out there. I think they were one of the early kind of uh, organizations to do that, to kind of just present it all as, this is just all music, you know. Yeah. It doesn't matter where it's from, uptown, downtown, you know. Yeah. It's just music. Yeah. And so that was really neat. Um, and and, the and it was alphabetical order, the way... Yeah. That's, <laughs> I know, that's, isn't that hilarious? I like that. Yeah. I like that. Why not? Curate... It's a system. Yeah. Use it. I'm yeah. not really sure if they kept doing that later on, but <laughs> it was fun yeah. for me that particular time just because it was C-A-C-A, -A, right? Yeah, but, wow. So you meet John Cage just because the I Ching kind of just brought you together like that, eh? It's crazy, yeah. And yeah. then and then you're ne and then you're in his apartment watering plants, like a, a talking year about, later, yeah. yeah, talking yeah. about that's isn't it yeah. beautiful what yeah. music, yeah. the connections that music makes. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I I had, um, but partly because of James Jim Tenney, I had to re return yeah. a score to him, um, Eric Satie's. Uh, 
Uh, something about stars. What is it? Des Etoiles, something. Yeah, about. sure. I can't remember what name okay. it was. But he was returning the score. Okay. And uh, asked me to just take it down, and, and so I did. And huh? And then the next year, he, he died, you know? Like it was is so that crazy. right? Yeah, 92. He was like... Is that him. right? Yeah. Wow, yeah. so that was close to the end of his life. Yeah, yeah. And, um... Yeah. Yeah, so you you arranged his piece. He gave you he gave Clarence. Yeah. And yeah, which, of course, the publisher never would, right? But Yeah, yeah. But uh, so it was just a nice... A really nice thing that he did. And wow. like I said, I'd love to have it done again at some point. Uh, it was just... It, what it did was kind of turn the whole thing into folk music. Which you got any recording of it? I, I have a recording. It's not a very good performance because no? it, it, even though I had dumbed the mm. whole thing down, okay, um, that's you know, very cool. It still was very difficult to play. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, it does sound like folk music. So wow, it's kind of wow. Yeah. Okay, so so the Dutch scene, John Cage. Yeah. Who else is blowing your mind and kind of making you you? Well, I, I was also really getting into the Im improvised music a lot. Okay. Um, I was listening to a lot of, like, art rock and improv music and stuff. And okay. so um, I, uh, I didn't actually start improvising until I moved to Toronto, though. Um, that's, I think... You live in, in New York then, or were you going back and forth, or No, what? I just went back and forth because I, um, okay. I didn't want to... I mean, I, I could have, I guess at the time, if I would just wanted to keep writing that kind of music probably had a career you know yeah with that but i yeah. i was very disenchanted with the the music i didn't as an undergrad so i wasn't it was weird to be kind of not <laughs> enthusiastic about this stuff that everybody else was yeah uh but i guess that's just what it's like being somebody right you know being somebody who makes stuff um yeah you can yeah. never really you have to always reconcile uh with huh. your work right uh -huh. um but i had a really difficult time with that stuff and um, okay you know didn't think it was very good, but these people did. So there you go. Um, it was That's just kind interesting. of yeah. So I kind of like yeah. I and I was also struggling with not having that influence in my work anymore. I didn't want to have that uh, Dutch influence in my music. Okay. And so I I was really trying to look for ways to move away from it. And uh -huh. I think uh, I think improvised music and early music kind of came together for me. So I started listening to a lot of early medieval music. Yeah. And uh, I was I was a big fan of improvised music, whether it was you know Ronald Shannon Jackson and Bill Frizzell or uh -huh. John Zorn and you know the European uh, improvised music scene. It was you know Eric Parker, Derek Bailey kind of stuff. I just yeah, listened to yeah. tons and tons of stuff, and um, yeah. So I guess over the years that kind of had an impact on my work and the way that I write music. So and how do you write music? Like, what's your is it a is there a go-to method for you or what have you kind of f fucked with over the years like is it is well, it banjo or or piano or is there a source or or are you searching for weird sounds or what like, yeah i do like to search for yeah for timbral things like yeah. and i'll grab onto instruments that way okay like one of the things that inspired that piece two bits that i was telling about is i found mm -hmm. a percussion instrument in the uvic school of music mm -hmm. that was it looked to me like it was handmade but it was this wind chime made out of piano tuning pegs and it, it's intense like oh, when wow. you have like a whole ton of tuning pegs in a row and you start jingling them like your yeah. ears just oh wow like you have to stop oh wow so i thought this was a really cool instrument and uh who I made that well it actually was a latin percussion instrument i didn't oh, know that okay. at the time okay but um, sounds fun when i wanted to do the piece again or somebody wanted in holland wanted to perform it i actually made a i made it you made one yeah i went to a piano shop and asked them if they had any tuning pegs and, and they're like here yeah yeah got them all i got used fishing wire and just love it did it 
So I still have that instrument. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I should bring it by and you can check it out. It's pretty, I'd love to it's see pretty that. wild. Like hear it'll that. just fill a room in a way that'll be so yeah. high and those will be like, uh, I, yeah. can't be, I can't really hear it anymore because my, you know, what happens yeah. to your hearing, right? Okay. It, it just all that high frequency. Right, down, right, but, right. Um, but it's, uh, it, it was kind of a neat thing. And mm. it was mm. the same as like sort of grabbing onto specific sounds that okay. instruments made. Like that was an early thing that really... Uh, excited me like the why, why did i write a piece for really high trumpet because i heard a jazz player play super high trumpet okay and so i would just kind of glom onto sounds and then um make a composition out of that mm-hmm. um and then i i started t- to think a lot more about um performers as i got mm-hmm. as became more of a kind of i guess you professional because mm-hmm. a lot of performers were giving me grief about my music and mm-hmm. saying it's really hard to play or it's really hard to do or it's like ridiculous and impossible that's the worst kind of grief yeah and so i just uh i started to think about um kind of things that they did well rather than yeah. thinking about maybe this kind of more esoteric what do i want to hear thing yeah and um and also i started incorporating more instructions into my work so more things that give the performers options okay. and and that's funny in a funny way that's how I got into Christian Wolf's work who's okay. another American composer I guess I'm very influenced by American composers but they're kind of like the experimental group you know like they were yeah. the experimental crew I guess that were around and um, there weren't that many in Canada like Michael Snow definitely mm-hmm. and um, I would say Rudolf Kamaros, the guy I, t- I study with. Uh, there's like a handful of Udugasmits, you know, um, of people who were doing stuff, but they weren't, um, you know, um, how do I say that? They weren't as pumped up as this very kind of more neoconservative thing that's yeah that's very Canadian and very, especially in Toronto. Mm. Um, you know, the John Weinzweig kind of yeah. school of things, which... Yeah, talk about that. It wasn't my thing. <laughs> yeah, good. But good. In, well, I mean, not 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 good in a disrespectful way. I just think like you can't fake you can't fake that shit. No. I mean, it just it yeah. don't resonate. Yeah. It is music unto itself. How we resonate with all of it, right? And it's so true. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Um, so the, the yeah so some of the, so you, you you lean weird yeah totally yeah. yeah and and it's not something that's very um i don't know people don't like it that much but i i do have a lot of respect for people like nicole Zay. do you know mm-hmm. her work um, i love her work yeah who, who's been able to yeah she's so skilled yeah uh, she's been able to actually incorporate writing like yeah. exactly what a DJ does or a turntablist yeah. does into yes. her yes. contemporary composition. So yes. you can look at her score. And it's, it's it reads like a violin sonata. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's absolutely, yeah. it's brilliant. I yeah. mean, I think she's amazing. Um, that's um, great. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a highly uh, incredible skill that she has that she's developed and worked on over the years that uh, I, I have a lot of respect for. Same. You said yeah. something that really just hit me there is that, you know, not a lot of people like it. Is that what you said? Oh, you mean my, my son? No, you meant? Well, uh, what I think is in, in this kind of like, when I moved to Toronto mm, and mm. My, me and my colleagues, a lot of people didn't like what we did. And mm-hmm. in fact, there were a lot of people in like at the radio and in other new music mm-hmm. organizations mm-hmm. who just refused to, and still refused to have anything to do with uh, the likes of me. So, so they're sort of more established places. So what does that do? What is that? Like, how do you, well, it just means how that do you handle that? How do you, because you persevere. So how do you, yeah. 
oh, I just don't like if people. How do you don't. deal with that kind of shit? I mean, it's a tough thing, right? Like yeah. it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sucks, right? But it, at the same time, it doesn't. It doesn't bother me that much anymore. Yeah, I think at cool. the time it was really frustrating because we had just moved, all moved to Toronto, and mm-hmm. um, we were. I mean, we were really like people were like, you know. And this is people who were like in charge of, like I said, CBC Radio, Ontario Arts Council, yeah, things like that, mm-hmm. and people, you know, saying things like, "Well, you know, I'm not going to support this Victoria School or whatever." These people from Victoria, and really, yeah, and and just really being negative about um, our work, and um, hmm. not just mine, but also my colleagues, Stephen hmm. and Martin, and people like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and so mm. that w- that was a that mm. was a drag at the time, but now it's kind of you know it's a little bit laughable, right? Um, but at yeah. the same time, I know that like yeah. for example, a spree orchestra is never going to ask me to write for them, and mm. uh, sound streams will never probably ever do anything. You so know, y- you say that so matter of factly, like. Yeah. Well, it's just they just don't like my aesthetic. I guess that's it. And and whether or not they've done things that are similar that I could have done, it really doesn't. I don't really even know what it is that they don't like, but it's just mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know. Um, that's that's so interesting to me that you um, you say that with such confidence that they're never gonna you know what I mean like it's to oh. it and and you're naming names you're just like you know that these these yeah. some some of these organizations <laughs> and and I don't want to put you on the spot if like no. later you come back to me you're like I don't want you to that sometimes happened but whatnot whatever but I think it is interesting yeah. assuming this all stays in the mm-hmm. podcast. That you're that you're that you accept that, and it's not like hard yeah. feelings, or it's not like yeah. it's just like it, hey. Yeah, I mean, I I used to get angry about it, but I think yeah, after a while, you can't. Really I think that is an interesting phase to go through, and you're yeah. you're certainly human by going through those, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, also, not everybody's going to like your work, so that yeah. people have that choice, right? You know, it's not industry tactics. You're on the podcast. You're episode seventy five. With our dear outsider artist, Alison <laughs> Cameron. Do you consider yourself an outsider in this world? Like, you're talking like a sure outsider. Well, I don't anymore, funny enough. But you got your dang yeah. family, right? You yeah. got your dang family. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. I mean, right? I, I love who I work with in Toronto. I love the people I play music with. Yeah. Um, Can you you want to name some of those folks? Oh, uh, well, I was just who's working in, with some in of your them musical. <laughs> yeah, who's in your musical family? Um, well, the people who I play with, like Kurt Newman and mm-hmm. Tom Gill, are my new band members. So Damn. that's like, although we don't play enough, I play a lot with um, Mark Zerwinski and Jermaine Liu. Yeah, uh, Jermaine is one of my yeah. favorite all time people in the world to play yeah. with. Yeah, sweet and, souls right there. Yeah, yeah. and Mark too. Is yeah, totally different. Um, yeah. I have a trio with. Jermaine and Nicole. Yeah. That's really, uh, I love that trio. That's and called Curdle? Curl, yeah. Curl. Yeah. <laughs> Curl's yeah. good. Maybe we should change it for that. <laughs> That's a good idea. Hey, if, it, if you ever add Curl. a member or something yeah. or need yeah. to make it an offshoot, Curdle. Curl. But like Curl, that. Curl, yeah. C-R-L, right? Yeah, C yeah. underscore R-L. Really C underscore name. R-L. Really perfect. And uh, <laughs> hey, let's let's play something of, of Curl. Let's, yeah. let's Let's hear some Curl. Yeah. Uh, so. Cue it up. Cue it up. Allison Cameron. I think this is one one is called something about going to the church or something like that. I love it. Let's um, let's go to church with Curl. Um I can't remember the name, sorry. Close enough. You, it'll it'll prompt it later. It was a great it was a great way what we came up with the names because yeah. um Nicole and I had done a lot of sort of editing on their first C D and Nicole episode number fifty six on industry tactics. Awesome. Dig dig into it. Awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Um 
And so we just asked Jermaine to come up with all the names. Oh. Oh, it's called Boogie to the Church. That's what it's Well, called. let's boogie, boogie on down to, to that church. church. Here it comes now. Curl. Yeah.
So that was Nicole Rampersode. Who who else is in the band? Jermaine Lou. Jermaine Lou. And moi. And you, Allison Cameron. That is that your baby, or is that like a, a trio that that collaborate on on all that? How does that come to life? Yeah, we just we just improvise together, cool. and we we um. We and have, that's you on a lot of effects, eh? Yeah, like electronics and yep. uh, banjo, and um, sometimes I'll play ukulele. Um, right on. It's all it's all really amazing stuff. I like I said, yeah. I love playing with those gals, and yeah, um, good, good. We're hoping to do a tour in Europe next year. I hope. I hope. Awesome, I hope. awesome, but awesome. Somebody has to do, put it together. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. there's always that. It's the, you know. Yeah. But um, you still have ties in uh, in Europe th- from 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 those Dutch days. <sighs> I, you know, I. It's been a long time. It's mm-hmm. been 15 years since mm-hmm. I've been there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I'm going again in November. Great. Awesome. And, uh, What's going on? Well, I have a a new project uh, with a. Um, it's an international uh, collaboration with Dutch and Canadian composers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that Jennifer Waring has put together. It's called Trace. Wonderful. And so I'll be working with uh, Vancouver New Music Ensemble, um, Percussion Group of The Hague, wow. Ensemble Modelo. And um, one of the fun things about it is this double percussion group is going to, they've asked composers to make um, their version of double music. Do you know that piece of double music? It was John Cage and Lou Harrison. Sure, wrote a piece sure. Together. Yes, yes. Yeah. So it was a percussion, double percussion quartet. Yeah, well, yeah. a quartet wow. from uh, Toronto and a quartet, like the percussion group of The Hague from Amsterdam, wow. or sorry, The Hague, yeah. um, are doing that, but asking each composer to, like a Canadian and a Dutch, to collaborate. So oh, man, that's I awesome. to do that with my former, my former teacher, Celius van Berhaeg. And he wow. said, yes. Yeah, so, oh, man. Wow. So it's really a treat, you know, to be able to do something like that. And you're going to go for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't even care if there's... They're, they're paying for my flight to, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. to no, in November to go. Beautiful. And, uh, but Beautiful. I, don't, I don't even care if there's any money involved yep. in yep. doing yep. that. I just want to do it. And Good. It'll be Good. super fun. And break that 15-year uh, drought. Yeah. Get out there. Yeah. Good. I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> I love the, all that lineage too. The the connection to Cage and and you know like yeah, there's crazy, something right? there's yeah. a lot of beauty there yeah. in, in what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's yeah. It's I like I said I I have to you know thank my lucky stars I guess. I just Isn't it strange how it all goes, how it all unfolds, it like does, your yeah. story? I'm really, I'm really excited to hear <laughs> this. I don't, I don't know a lot about where you come from musically. You know, I just know that you have a great. It's funny that we should say like where we gravitate towards. It's just like I just feel like you've always had this like great understanding, um, of of weird or the the oh, yeah. the, the yeah. weird's the wrong word. I, I go to it too often, but you know what I mean, like yeah. the. Like the stranger it. side of, yeah. of what we all do. And I love how that's in your work just so naturally, right? Like it's not a, unapologetically, it's just there, yeah. right? It's yeah, like, absolutely. hey, this is what I do. It ain't yeah. for everybody. And so, and you, 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 I feel like you're in a place where it's like, yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, and I think that's and why. And accept that. Yeah, I also think that's why people who do want me to work with them mm-hmm. ask me to. It's because they, they Precisely. Uh, like that. Yeah, know? yeah. So I, yeah. Mean, I think in your life and in your career, if you can have that, you're pretty lucky. And, yeah. You know, so I feel really, really good about that. Like, I, I remember sort of reading, uh, like, just on, uh, it might have been even been Twitter or something about, yeah. or maybe it was Instagram, Nicole was like, uh, 
Nicole Isay was like blurbing some things mm -hmm. about uh, mm -hmm. playing down in New York and mm -hmm. she got to do some improvising with a bunch of um, DJs and a percussion group and she just said it was such a blast and mm -hmm. those are the kind of moments that you live for right like when you're actually having fun making music or you hear a piece of yours played and it just makes you like want to cry because it's played so good you know yeah. like that's exactly yeah I mean what else what more you, can you want you know yeah it's really amazing when that happens. oh nice nice so, thank you yeah Thank you for all of this. Um, what do you, yeah, what do you hope for d coming, in coming? Like, this all sounds really beautiful. This, the, the tour of Europe potentially in the new year, um, going down in yes. November to, yeah. uh, to, to the Hague. Yeah, crazy to be back. Wh what else? Where do, where do you want to go with, with your music and, and, and the, the musical family that you kind of have whirling around you? Yeah, well, I guess it's, it's probably, um, I want to focus. I do want to spend some time with the band because it's a totally different character now with Kurt and Tom in it than it was Eric and Stephen. Mm -hmm. And and um, what is the name of that band? That outfit. It's the same. It's it's my band. Yeah, it's just called a Alice and Cameron band. And okay, okay, I didn't sorry. name it. <laughs> okay, no, but I I, I didn't mention yeah. that earlier. Alice and Cameron band with with Tom and I don't know the other gentleman. Kurt Newman. He's Kurt uh, Newman. Oh, sure, I do. Yes. He, he, okay. He was yeah. Here in Toronto doing stuff, sure. and then he went away for a while, and now okay. he's back, and I'm Great. so happy he's back because he's Great. just phenomenal. And yeah, I actually, so is Tom. Yeah. I actually play, oh, they're both amazing, yeah. right? So it's exciting. So it is exciting, but I need time to work with them and time okay. to, so okay. I, I have to like, I don't know, write a grant. I haven't written a grant yeah. for a couple of years now. Okay. Okay. Canada Council is all very Pardon funny. Pardon me. So you get calls at all hours saying. We'll leave that alone. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. Um, so, uh, I guess I have to write a grant. Canada Council's changed everything that they do, and I don't really, I haven't really checked it out, mm -hmm, and figured mm -hmm. out how they work. So I want to write a grant to, tr to get some funding to work with them, basically. Because oh, I neat. can't, they're so busy as professionals, I can't ask them to do. No, no, no. To properly block off even yeah. a week would be. Yeah. You have to, I have to pay people. Yeah. Yep. Got and it. Got it. You know, yeah. given that, I was yeah. super lucky with Stephen and Eric because yeah. they're the ones who actually wanted to do the band. Mm -hmm. They asked me if, you know, they said, we'll play anything, you know, mm -hmm. just, you know, write us some music. Mm -hmm. And so it was originally just banjo, me playing banjo and, and them on, on guitars, mm -hmm. acoustic mm -hmm. and, or amplified acoustic and electric. Mm -hmm. And um, and they just, we just rehearsed. Like, so mm -hmm. every three weeks or so, we'd get mm -hmm. together for three hours. And but it was, all, it, was all, and it was all charted out yeah. kind of stuff? Well, it was or, like, it was sort what, of like working in a, in a band, you know, like yeah. it really was like working in a rock band or something. Because sometimes I would bring things in that were... Oh. M like more ideas and more vague and other times it would be really n notated stuff yeah a lot of this the stuff on the album most of it's pretty much notated but there is elements that are improvised but they also had free reign to say you know um you know what about if you tried this instead of that or i can't do this so mm -hmm. what about that mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know this is really uncomfortable you know so it it was a treat to be able to work with people like that and be able to kind of really work out something that worked for the three of us mm, mm. but it still was you know pretty heavy duty like um mm -hmm. i one of the pieces i wrote eric was just i mean he did an amazing job on it but man it was hard mm -hmm. and um and he did it i mean it was kind of amazing that somebody would pull out those stops you know yeah um it's uh it's actually it's also online under my band i'll send it to you it's called max shorn mm -hmm. and um it's uh it's kind of a the record's called Max Shorn? Well, I just it's just one tune. It's okay, okay. It's an EP okay, that I put okay. out after. It was the last thing that okay. we recorded as a trio. Wow. Um, 
I guess my point is is that I can no longer ask people, especially the likes of Eric and, uh, sorry, Tom and Kurt, yep. to uh, yeah. to do stuff like that. They can't say, okay, I need three hours. And plus, they're in all these bands that they do that yep. for already, yeah, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I got it. I got it. I understand. Yeah. That's an int- interesting industry yeah. tactic: is yeah. to to have the proper time and and money to kind of yeah. support stuff like that, right? Yeah. When required. Yeah. Um, where can people learn more about your work? Like, is there a website, a repository of sorts to hear? Is there like a band camp? Or yeah. S- there have, is? Yeah, good. There's actually a lot of, there's Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and I have my own website. It's okay. just myname.com. So go to Allison with two L's, Cameron. Dot com. Dot com. And, uh, and dig into her work. A few more questions for you before we, we, uh, we listen to one final tune, but, um, you have any regrets along the way um, or the way the career has kind of unfolded so far to date like that's uh, an interesting I don't know maybe no she's nodding her head nodding she's shaking her head not <laughs> nodding I can't say at this point I think maybe in 10 years I might have some the way music works, I don't know. Like, like, yeah, I don't. If some idiot with a microphone asked me that question, I'd probably say no. Like, no. I mean, I can't think of anything. Yeah, I've been so lucky. And uh, what's been what's been difficult? You've kind of touched on it, though, in terms of your you, you're yeah. you're swimming upstream with a lot of this music. I, I, I can so relate to to the plight, right? But that's been difficult right like yeah. is, is getting just, it out there but it's found an audience and musicians and right who perform it and like yeah. it, it exists it's yeah. doing you're doing your thing right yeah, yeah crazy so yeah. yeah um so in despite you know and i had a lot of struggles with that um as a youngster right so sure i came up against it really early on because when I did was, you come to toronto I was about 26. It was like, okay. it was right uh-huh. after Europe. So, um, and you tried doing a master's, but it didn't stick. Well, I just thought I actually didn't, wasn't interested in doing one right away. Yeah. Um, I'd been in this other thing for two years yeah. and then yeah. I, yeah. 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 I didn't yeah. know what, cause I was just writing. I had like, I don't know, four or five commissions, like right off the bat. Right? Yeah. So that's something about lucky. Right. So yeah. I had, a, I had a pretty busy, like three or four years, I think. Yeah. And then, and then it occurred to me, well, if I wanted to teach, then maybe I should get a yeah. degree. And, and yeah. so I did, go up to York, I think, in the l- at the end, like 1989, mm-hmm. 1998, mm-hmm. 99, mm-hmm. and hung out with Jim and... Jim Tenney. Yeah, yeah. And kind of went back to school, per se, but it was mm-hmm. it was really hard, you know, because most of the things that they were doing I had already done as yeah. an undergrad. And, yeah, 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 sure, um, sure. You know, I just was incredibly mm. bored. And, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And, and I just thought... Maybe this isn't the right thing for me. What I did really like, though, mm-hmm. I really got into was um, hanging out with um, Robert Whitmer was uh, ethnomusicology teacher up there at the time, and I, I had to take an elective, and I took an elective in Latin American and Caribbean music, okay. and, it, and it floored me. It totally floored me. I just loved in what it. way? Like just everything, like all the introduction to all this music. What is this know? world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I get and, it. And yeah, where it's from and its yeah. history and yeah. And wow, cool. what a crazy world it is down there for music and instruments building and everything. You know, yeah. like it's just nutty. And uh, I just, yeah. I just totally fell in love. And I thought, wow, these people made a whole life and culture out of this thing yeah. that I thought was weird. And there they are; they're just doing it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. Um, Isn't that charming? Yeah, yeah, they just like you know to pick up a twig and to make a flute out of it, or they you know yep. Yep. find a rock and it becomes a drum, you know, or something. Yep. You know, like it was just insane how they everything is musical. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just fell in love with that. I mean, you know, Jamaica is a country where just music has been like the 
top priority. Yeah. Like, can you imagine living yeah. in a country where music is like the most important thing? Yeah. Like, wouldn't that be yeah. unbelievable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Definitely changes the uh, yeah. the day to day, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, there was also a lot of incredible hardship. Like the reason right. that all right. these other drum instruments came along was because the slave owners didn't right. allow slaves to have drums. Right. And so they just made everything a drum, you mm-hmm. know, like the cajon and everything. Like it all came from that, we have to drum, so we're mm. just going to find everything we can to drum with. And, um, mm. you know, and, and there's that difference between the African uh, the African influence and then the indigenous influence. They're completely mm. different. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I just like, yeah. I just got totally enthralled. And what a wormhole. Yeah, it was a total yeah. wormhole. And Robert Whitmer's, completely brilliant like yeah. totally brilliant guy and um mm. uh unfortunately none of those like really incredible people are there anymore i think rob bowman still is um oh yeah i didn't know that i'm he's not sure there. but i mean you know he should be retired by yeah now, yeah 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 um but he might still be have some sort of side thing or whatever but anyway i just i just had a lot of respect for that and yeah. so it, it was another way that sort of i could think about music in a very creative kind of way and just respect what this whole huge like culture upon culture had done with it sounds like you got more than what you needed from your <laughs> education and yeah. so so what you you, you just, just ended up saying yeah you know I'm, well, I'm all right I'm all right I'm good to be honest it was kind yeah. of a weird thing like yeah. um, one of the, uh, the the chair of the department maybe yeah. you should go unnamed I don't know yeah um, but Fuck him. Yeah, yeah yeah he asked me if I would take on a sessional teaching job because oh, wow. they needed somebody to take the spot so in my first year of Amazing. masters I did I did teach yeah. um, uh, musicianship one I guess mm-hmm. it's called mm-hmm. to new kids and I mm-hmm. just absolutely loved it mm-hmm. and um, and then I and then I thought well yeah sure I'd love to keep teaching but he said you know I mean, the caveat is, is you have to quit your masters then and and go into teaching. Jeez, what what kind of stakes are these? Yeah, so okay. I just thought, well, maybe that's what I want to do, and I was totally naive and mm-hmm. said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. And I taught mm-hmm. orchestration for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, during mm-hmm. that year, I guess it was towards uh, this. It was in the second term. Mm-hmm. They went on strike, and it was just like a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then mm-hmm. he never hired me back. So what the idea a, was, is, I guess, I had to like re applied again i don't know really know what i was supposed to do but um he wasn't i just don't like Jeez. that man he's like yeah. very like not a good person yeah but in any case so that was kind of the end of it and Shit. Uh, wow and then i thought about kind of like random you know yeah. picking it up again and yeah. i guess it was the mid 90s no yeah. where was it early 2000 yeah 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 and I talked to Rob Bowman a lot. Yeah, and yeah. again, it was just like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to actually just do my thesis this time. I'll go back. And yeah. I think I did a year. And I was uh, I had a grad job mm-hmm. of, of cataloging Rob Bowman's oh. uh, books that were oh, all, wow. not, not the books that were by one author, but the ones that were anthologies. Okay. I learned so much doing that. Uh, oh, God. I was just like completely blown away by the, I mean, the arc of his knowledge and um and it was always always fun to hang around for him because he hated contemporary classical music like he just hated the whole classical music world Mm, mm. and i thought amazing that was funny because you know like like, i'm in yeah yeah. (laughs) i I mean i'm I'm part of it but it was also like yeah but you're you're it was also like you're also i I can sort of see because there's this snobism right like and and i yes yes i get it you know uh, so I knew where he was coming from with that, and I'm guessing he, got, he had a really hard time from the classical music people when mm. he wanted to introduce rock music as mm-hmm. a as mm-hmm. a course in mm-hmm. New York, right? Mm-hmm. 
but he did yeah. he did amazing stuff and yeah, uh, that's important the, yeah i mean yeah. the other great thing about him is he hated queen and that was a band that i really liked when i was a kid yeah, yeah. so we funny. used to talk about that too that oh, was really that's fun cute. but anyway it was it was wow. just like you know it, i learned so much just from like reading through this stuff and yeah. learned so much about rock music and yeah. and uh yeah. you know s- how sexuality came into rock music and then mm-hmm. beyond that and not just that but like all kinds of other you know, I ended up getting these crazy wow. books, like Cincinnati Blues. I've always loved the blues, and yeah. I mean, I'm not the only one, but sure. I started with Bessie Smith. Uh-huh. Like, that's who I started with, and I uh-huh. I listened to her, and I thought, this is incredible. Yeah. And then I just went from there, right? Yeah. But he yeah. had all this great writing about it, and, um, wow. you know, wow. anyway. That's pretty lucky. This, this is amazing. I yeah. know. I think I just got lucky. I yeah. never finished my master's degree, but I got all this stuff from it that I... I don't know, man. Sometimes I think, like... Um, I don't want to make a statement either way, but like I really, I mean, pretty lucky. Some to of the best artists just kind of get swept into it and just yeah. don't. It doesn't. I don't really think it matters, but I think it really matters. Yeah. Like at the same time, right? Like it's like well, because everybody yeah. gets their education, yeah. even if they right. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Like you, what you're walking us through here is definitely. I mean, you kind of find it in a way. You just I, you I think did, yeah. yeah. Like I mean, yeah. And I, I was, I was also like really disappointed with the whole atmosphere at university. That yeah, happened yeah, when, I, when they yeah. were on strike. Yeah, and that I sounds like it'll be. It yeah, that'll so that ugly. sounds. Yeah, that's that's yeah. not the way it should be. Yeah. Um, and York seemed to have a real knack for. Uh, I had to spark a strike, eh? Oh, I don't, yeah. That's that's. Uh, there's some weird correlation crazy. going on there with that. Yeah, crazy. Uh, um, what about that snobism in music that you were touching on? Like, isn't it? Is it, it's a, It's it's yeah. also kind of yeah. at the university level too. Yeah. It's it's all there, right? Like, it's sure. just like. Well, I don't understand it. I mean, because somebody who's skilled as a jazz musician, yeah. like, say they, they yeah. only play bebop, yeah. well, they're still incredibly talented, right? They're still sure incredibly they skilled. Yeah. Jazz yeah. music is like classical music in so many ways, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's just, mm-hmm. it's this form, it's mm-hmm. it's this, like, you know, it's a it's kind of a, a narrow sort of, um, like, if you're looking at somebody who, like, say, is a pianist and they're mm-hmm. just learning... 19th century, early 20th century, 18th century repertoire, Mm -hmm. there's not that much different than that kind of skill Mm -hmm. and being a very skilled bebop musician. Right, right. Right. And I just don't know why people haven't put that more together. Because certainly jazz musicians did. You know, like, that's how, um, you know, I I think that's how... um, Scott Joplin uh, mm-hmm. came up with what he did. Like mm-hmm. he, he was mm-hmm. classically trained. Mm-hmm. Mary Lou Williams was classically trained. Hmm. Um, uh, that uh, other woman who I mentioned, they came out of cl- a classical tradition. They were brilliant classical pianists, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. went into jazz. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they could play bebop. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I can do that. I mm-hmm. can play these scales, and I can play this form, and I understand mm-hmm. how it's working because it's very similar to, like, maybe a Beethoven sonata or a Mozart sonata, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of the chord progressions i mean it doesn't have as many two five ones i guess but mm. anyway you can right uh, but you can still get the idea and i think that they went into that because they saw it as a, a kind of another creative opportunity whereas the classical world is just so yeah fixed in terms of what it can do yeah um yeah. so yeah i don't i don't get it i mean i i guess you know if you spend your whole life playing you know learning studying uh this one particular skill yeah. you're going to have some kind of snobism about other stuff but mm-hmm. it's it's really there's really yeah nothing to be 
snobby about as far as i can tell i mean you know here, here. somebody who like uh steve lacy who plays a yeah. solo yeah. soprano sax piece is composing yeah he's, he's as much of a composer as i am you know? right and or right neil young you know he's as much of a composer as i am because right on you know, johnny yeah. mitchell or whatever you know yeah. they're they're composers they're composing these songs and i you know i can't do that so um you know it's just a different it's another way of doing uh, being creative it's creative i just call it creative music you know that's it you've been listening to allison cameron here on industry tactics tweet us at industry tactics to let us know what you think thank you so much allison for being on the podcast thank you rich it's really fun to hang out love you uh what do you want to cue up for us here as we depart you want to cue up that cage number i know you said you didn't like the performance but the uh Oh, your yeah. your arrangement of the cage piece. What do, you, what do you think? Is that a weird one to end on? It's on a cassette. I don't. Oh even fuck, know. a cassette. Yeah. No, no, no. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, Why don't you queue up? Uh, go ahead. It's your world. It's your world. We did a curl. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, we did curl. We did. I don't know. Um, Here, I got an idea. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Don't listen yeah. to me. Um, we did AC band. We did early. Oh, but why don't we do a? We could do something more recent. Um. I have a CD of um, stuff. Maybe, yeah. You could you could play this tune. It's called Third, Fourth, and Fifth. It's pretty short. Yep. Um, this is the last thing you put out. Yeah, it's on. Uh, Third, fourths, and fifths. Here yeah. it comes. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little feedback as we leave. Okay, here it comes. My feedback with Allison. Oh yeah. Leading into Third, Fourths, and Fifths from the last what Curl record? Um, no, it's the last. Uh, chamber music record I did. Sweet yams. Yeah, Here yeah. it comes. Yeah, cool. It's gonna work. Why isn't this working? You would think that that would give feedback. I can't even make feedback? <laughs> Maybe it's not Fuck turned off. up on it. How is this not? This should work. Thanks for indulging.
Allison, thank you for sharing all those wonderful stories. It's so great uh, to, to learn more about your, your very rich career. And if you go check out Allison's website, allisoncameron.com, two L's in Allison. Uh, look at that list of works. She's doing it. She's doing the good work. That is um, episode 75, speaking of the good work. Speaking to some of our the finest weirdos in music today. And uh, look out for 76. It's a special edition episode. Can't wait to share it with you. Buckle up in a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, for, for what's ahead. So thank you. Uh, let us know what you think of the podcast. Always at Twitter, at Industry Tactics. Or you could find me online. Just send me a message directly. Go to FriendlyRich.com to learn more, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Thanks for your support.